Hi. My name is Crystal and I'm a goth. What does goth mean? There are many interpretations, though denotatively speaking, it's an architectural era. Many use it to refer to having an affinity for the Victorian social period in England. I use it to imply I love all things black and silver. Basically. When I was a teenager, I dressed in all black every day. There were many reasons for this, honestly, but the most important of which was that every time I started my period, I would bleed through my clothes before I could notice. This led to so many embarrassments that one girl in middle school nicknamed me period stain. She wasn't wrong, the situation was shameful and out of control. I now know that the women in my life utterly failed me in teaching me proper hygiene and how to track it and so much more. One thing I learned about as a result of this is how to remove blood stains from clothing. It's applicable to more than blood, too. My family couldn't afford to buy things if I happened to ruin them, so I did my absolute best to keep things like they each had great intrinsic value. And, if it was someone else's, I tried even harder. Cold water will revive dried blood without setting it. If you rinse a blood stain until you no longer see the splotch, you're halfway there. Continue until the water runs clear. Wring the garment to remove excess water, you will often see a trace of color if you have not gotten all the blood out. Once completed, launder as normal. I deviated from dressing in all black at some point. I allowed other people to influence my decisions of what I would put on myself, how I would adorn myself. The first place to tell me who I could or could not be were my parents. I was not allowed to wear makeup or dye my hair or even cut it, they said when I could afford to do it myself then I could do whatever I wanted to. So, the first thing I did was get my hair cut to two inches in length all over. Then I bleached it and dyed it blue. I had to learn between choosing what I like to see and putting it on myself and learning how to make choices for aesthetic value. I could argue that I don't have to make choices for aesthetic value, but let's face it, this world is completely vain in nature, I was an ugly duckling when I made choices based on what I like to see on myself, such as blue tinted glasses and blue hair. Blue just didn't suit me. I was inflamed and ruddy in complexion due to food intolerances I had yet to discover and the blue made it even more apparent. I also had to learn a balance between choosing what I like to feel on my skin and what is aesthetically pleasing. Many times, as an individual carrying more weight than society deems necessary in this day and age, the two things did not come together. I have since learned about Torrid and I would recommend everyone shop there, honestly, if they are thick. Fit matters. All my life. I was squeezing into clothes built for flat-bellied models and upsized all over to fit fat people instead of going to a store that uses fat people as their base model. I love Torrid and I found out when my clothes fit properly, it was much easier to lose weight. I had better range of motion, my belly wasn't restricted by an improper fit which leads to better digestion, and I felt good because I wasn't being constantly reminded that I don't fit the mold the rest of humanity tells me I need to fit. In fact, I've had a poor self-image all my life, reinforced by pretty much everyone and everything around me. That was another reason to go to All Black. I read in a cheesy romance novel, my sister was a romance novel addict, that was about this woman set up to be a fairy godmother to a fat woman in times of yore. So, she decided she could cure the fat woman's problems by making her magically skinny. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. Anyway, in this novel, this spiteful woman who was playing fairy godmother in order to grow up slash mature ended up saying that skinny chicks should wear white and fat chicks should wear black because white tends to accentuate every single blemish, basically. I tested the author's theory and found out it's absolutely true.
That author also exposed me to the vainest point of view I'd ever come to know, honestly. I didn't know much about vanity growing up because my mother is a tomboy and I was raised just like my brothers, constantly told that I shouldn't know the difference between them and me. They meant that I shouldn't treat my half-siblings as less than a full sibling, but I took it to an extreme, I determined to obliterate my gender identity or, at least, my desire to express it. It wasn't directly distressful, although it might sound that way. Lacking feminine traits is only a problem when it comes to flirting with straight cisgender males, as it turns out. Believe it or not, people still flirted with me. I chose to be alone for a very long time, perceiving myself as sick and poisoned because of an internal voice that ripped me to shreds every chance it got. As alone as I could be in a household full of nine entities, humans and dogs alike. Dogs are so damn needy, I must say. They want constant companionship. I'm more of a cat, I'd prefer to stay aloof and in my own territory, crossing into new territory little by little to extend my comfort zone into new things, new sensations, new input. I'm a slow-to-warm-up personality, so I expose myself in baby steps to the new reality I need to adjust to. It keeps me from being overwhelmed in totality if I do it right. I was born shy. People would treat me a certain way, I didn't know why. I now know that I was an objectively beautiful child. People would smile at me and they went a titter whenever I'd blush or look away because I couldn't figure out why I was receiving attention. At home, I was basically ignored. But in public? Adults would be charmed or charming to me, all smiles. I never could understand the duality of this and I suppose in retrospect it explains my duality. At home, I am an introvert that sometimes avoids new experiences and when I leave home I attempt to be part of society, which leads me to extroversion beyond my comfort zone. The funny thing is that I'd have called myself an extrovert. Until I got fat as a kid and everyone bullied me until I cried, cried, cried. It seemed like I was a sport. Making crybaby crystal cry was the name of the game and if you got a single tear, you win. I figured out the rules of this game at some point and I decided to stop playing. I withdrew. I stopped interacting with people in general because it seemed like all they ever wanted to do was manipulate my emotions for their own sick and sadistic pleasure. Were you one of those people? A person who would say mean things to another person until they cried? Did it make you feel better when they cried? Why do you think that is? Is it because you want to cry and nobody gives a fuck about what happened to you? I suppose that may be true, but know this, you could just ask for empathy. What you sought was sympathy and that's wrong. You are making people feel how you feel, not support you for feeling what you feel in situations that are often not in your favor and are definitely out of your control. Also, fuck you. Fuck you for doing this to people. Fuck you for spreading your pain and fucking misery to everything and everyone around you. You're a fucking psychopath. I do not enjoy sympathizing with people. It costs too much energy to feel their feelings for them. I don't have the energy to walk through life and feel remorseful or regretful or otherwise terrible just because you do. Get the fuck over it already. I would slap you in the face, too, but we're just words on a page. That was what I was told when I sought to find comfort for my grief. Grief I had because I was raped as a child. Suck it up. Take your sob story somewhere else. So that's what I offer you. At first glance. Obviously, that response is incorrect and childish in and of itself. To ignore grief and pain in others is sociopathic or narcissistic in nature. If you elevate your pain above the pain of others, you are telling yourself that you are better than they are. Are you, in fact, superior? Hell no. You're equal. 
We're all equal, despite any variable being different inside us or expressed by our genes, we are all homo sapiens. We are human. That is our race. Human. Are we elves? No. Do we want to be? Yes. Because it's not us, we can pretend we are something else. It's easier to role-play problems that aren't our own because if we make a mistake with them, we can say, that's not us. That was us playing someone else. We can get better at it, though, if we just change X. At least, that is what I do. Maybe everyone else is different, I honestly believe role-playing helps people mature their problem-solving capability in a way that is safe. All the consequences are imaginary, after all. To mature one's problem-solving capability is to mature in responsibility, too, not to mention self-identity. In my experience, most people want to be anything other than what they are, unless, of course, they're affluent and can get away with literal murder with their oppressive actions and charm. Especially if they are part of a larger group that has aces up their sleeves in the oppression game. There is a base culture permeating the United States of America. Rape culture. It's in everything, from skin-tight clothing with pockets and focal points to make you stare at human anatomy to putting on makeup like a harlot to be attractive to men. Everything you see is photoshopped, no matter where you see it, ladies. Amazon product photos? Photoshopped. Men, on the other hand? They don't have to do anything, not even fad dieting or crash dieting to lose 20 pounds here and there as their waistline changes direction. It's a double standard, men are free to be comfortable just the way they are, but women must bend over backwards to earn their attention. I do not wish to bend over backwards. It has led me through periodic loneliness, of course. It has led me to begin relationships and later abandon them. I am not a conquest. I am a human being. I deserve love and affection, just like every other human being does, too. Every living creature, actually. We are all struggling to grow until the day we cease to exist. Except now the whole rape culture is turning around to bite men too. Now that women are starting to speak up and all, the toxic masculinity that created the culture is turning on itself like a viper, we are completely wrong. That's the message men receive. Especially young white men. They're now confused and don't know how to behave because they think everything they do is now rape. They're getting upset and angsty because the boundaries are unclear. It's turning into a real shit show, too, and then ultimately leads them to either shaming themselves completely and being unable to approach a woman, or they give in and become a rapist. It seems like the middle ground is not apparent, partly because some feminists are being too black and white in their approach to rape culture. And now for the part nobody wants to hear because nobody wants to be part of the problem. Women, you are part of the problem. I love each and every one of you. I respect you. You must defend your boundaries. However, telling men they are inherently evil is fucked up. They are not inherently evil for having sexual inclinations and desires, for wanting to approach ladies, for wanting to flirt. Your knee-jerk reaction to men flirting with you is hurting the entire species and it's hurting me. If men felt comfortable enough to open a dialogue with me, I might actually get a fucking date, but no. You, feminazis, have to be bitches and make them feel like it's wrong to be human. Stop it. It's wrong to force people to do things against their will. That is your message. Consent. Stop mincing your fucking words and heaping shame onto an entire subset of humanity because you cannot articulate your issues with any efficacy. I'm sick of you blanket blaming an entire gender for issues you perpetuate with your infuriating silence. Stand up and defend yourself. 
Nobody else is going to do it for you. A real woman knows how to enforce her fucking boundaries, grow up already. Men, you are part of the problem. I love each and every one of you. I respect you. You must defend your boundaries. However, telling yourself women are inherently evil is fucked up. They are not evil for wearing clothes that make them feel and look good. They are not asking for you to visualize being with them in body only. You must look at a human being as a person who has a spiritual body, an emotional body, a physical body, and a soul. You should wish to be with all four aspects of a person before you even go to the realm of sex. Stop looking at pornography, it only gives you bad ideas. Those women are given things to do those acts and then recorded because they are narcissists that want you to lust after them. They will do anything to get your lust. Stop giving in to the narcissistic, sociopathic idiots that are featured in pornography. Making love is nothing like fucking. A real man knows how to enforce his fucking boundaries, grow up already. Everything in between men and women but human, you are part of the problem. I love each and every one of you. I respect you. You must defend your boundaries. Get the fuck off that pedestal, that high horse, and join the rest of us on the ground. You are part of the problem. By claiming you don't know your gender identity is bullshit. You are one or the other, or neither, and it does not change. Stop fucking around already and figure it the fuck out and act accordingly. Demand respect and be respectful. Grow up and learn how to enforce your boundaries and articulate your real problems instead of creating these imaginary problems for other people to bend over backwards and accommodate you for. You're a fucking narcissist, get over it. Self, you are part of the problem. For never speaking up, for never kicking and screaming and punching and yelling anytime a human violated your fucking boundaries. Grow up.